in the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, for my Alpha. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold short on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to the In Pattern Podcast. This is Chris. This is episode 85. And uh, we've got Brad and John on with us tonight. Mark's not able to make it at this moment. Maybe he'll catch up with us a little bit later on. But uh, for now, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Yeah, hanging in there. Awesome. Ready for turkey day. How about that weather up north, huh? Oh, my goodness. John, are you getting any of that uh, that uh, six feet of snow, or, or did you get luck out? Uh, snow? Snow season? Yeah. Well, I know, I know, I know. Buffalo got six foot of snow, so I was just wondering how close that got. I know. To you. I've been seeing the pictures. No, we haven't had any. Um, I I heard rumors of flurries a little bit north, like this week, but it's definitely gotten cold. But it's more like, you know, thirty two in the morning. Gotcha. So not cold. not too bad. Well, you lucked out, I guess, huh? Because that uh, that ain't that. I mean, that area up there got hammered pretty hard off mm-hmm. of uh, what Lake Erie and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, we don't get that kind of stuff here as much. It's like once every couple of years we'll get like three feet if we're, you know, it's an insane <laughs> year. Um, for the most part, we avoid a lot of the snow, especially where I am. I end up getting more of the rain. I'm usually on the line of where it switches. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. How about how about you, Brad? Uh, I've had the snow thrower out a couple times already this year and, uh, but we didn't get anything serious. The The North shore along Lake Superior got three feet, but um, that's because they're on Lake Superior and it's still very, <laughs> very warm. Um, but we've, mm-hmm. we've just had nuisance, you know, it, but it's been cold enough now that the, the, it doesn't melt uh, and form into a slush pile. Um, so yeah, we're well into winter flying season and it's messing everything up. Yeah, time to time to break out the uh, engine heaters, the preheaters and stuff, huh? Oh, though those have been since middle of October. We've had the, <laughs> okay. we've had the engines plugged in. <laughs> Anything below about forty, um, they really recommend that you that you keep them hot. Uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're Tannis Tannis block heaters, man. They they keep the engines at over a hundred degrees. It's great. Oh wow. That keeps the oil well lubric or well, you know, uh, I should say thin, I guess, thin enough. So where you get a good start out of it. Yeah, it, it's a nice start and uh, it keeps a lot of the water out. It doesn't get cold enough to condense inside the engine. And uh, yeah, all good. Nice. Just flipping cold. Yeah, I I am. uh I am in uh, Camp Verde, Arizona right now, camping uh, with the family for the week of Thanksgiving and uh, just hanging out in the uh, in the RV in the bedroom right now while the rest of the family's uh, in the living room area watching the uh, Cardinals game as they're playing in uh, Mexico City right now. Well, it, while it's raining there, but uh, it, uh, speaking of cold, uh, it's uh, 
it's going to be 26 tonight here. So, wow, that was that was our high. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, back uh, back home, it's probably about 50, uh, 55, 60 degrees, uh, and I, you know, it's around I don't know 38 or nine right now. Going to be 26 by the overnight low. Anywho, uh, weather, weather, weather. We uh, we can do with it or we can do without it sometimes. just kind of depends. Anywho, um, flying. There's been a bit of that going on um, and uh, some other developments that we're going to get into. John, you've been, uh, you've been beating up the air in the RV-12 lately. Yeah. I was trying to see. I think, um, yeah, so I got two flights in. I actually tried to take Owen up twice. Um, that didn't work out. Oh. We're entering, um, especially around here, it's windy season. So it's kind of, um, it, you're just like, all right, well, is it going to be too windy today or not? And um, the RV has a max, what is it? Max crosswind of 15 knots. That's just demonstrated. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> I've demonstrated much more than what the uh, POH says. <laughs> I've, d- I've actually, in that plane, done it just enough that I'm like, I don't want to try higher yet. <laughs> um, that's about my personal minimum in that airplane. Um, just because it's so light and it acts so different from the 172. Um, in the 172, I'll do like, you know, mid-20s, no problem. Uh, in, in the RV, I'm just not comfortable with that yet. So, um, we've had a lot of days where it's been gusting like 15, 18, stuff like that. And I'm just like, not with the small runway with everything else. It's just, like the perfect factor of just like, nope, <laughs> just, I'd rather stay on the ground. Um, and I thought the day I took Owen up was going to be one of those days too. I was just like watching the weather like all day long. And it was kind of one of those things where it was supposed to tail off toward the end of the day when we were going to fly. And, um, I kept looking and it turns out it was, it was looking like it would be fine, at least at a couple of the airports. Um, cause I wanted to fly out of Bay bridge where we're flying out of, and then, um, go, uh, down to fly over my grandparents' house on the Eastern shore. They live over there. And so just kind of like fly over their house, do like a, you know, circle like 1600 feet or whatever. And then, um, go back up. And so that was kind of my, my plan. Um, cause Cambridge was looking to be gusting like 1820 and I was like, I'm not dealing with that. So it was one of those things where I think on that flight, um, actually that's the one where I was looking at the weather and I was like, we might be able to do this and then booked the plane that day. <laughs> um, go. cause it was open cause it was like a weekday or something. And I was like, you know what? I'll just dip out of work early and we'll go up. Um, so it ended up working out and I left early, took him. He got really excited. Um, he, I had asked him before, I think I asked him at Osh too. I was like, you're going to fly the airplane. And he was just like, no, like <laughs> easy, just nope, not touching it. <laughs> um, and we, you know, went to the pre-flight and everything went to go up. And then as soon as I asked him again, when we were up there, he was like, sure. And so like, he takes it a little bit, you know, obviously I'm having to correct him like crazy. Cause he just keeps like diving, <laughs> diving away <laughs> like every time, you know? Um, but you know, not, not doing too much, but, uh, I, you know, I let him do it for a little bit and I was like, all right, let me take it. We're going to go, you know, over here or whatever. 
And then like, I swear every like 15 minutes, he's like, can I, can I do it again? (laughs) (laughs) He's stuck. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Nice. Um, yeah, he had, he had such a blast. The only hiccup was, uh, um, on the ground, they had just done an inspection or something. I don't know if it was just after the hundred hour or something like that. And they had filled the, um, you know, it's a Rotax. So it's, uh, uh, liquid liquid cooling and so you got to check the coolant right as part of the preflate and i couldn't see any fluid in there like i'm like i don't see anything like crap i'm gonna have to like cancel this flight like standing here you know i don't i don't see anything and i'm sitting there and i'm like trying to you know look through look again and finally i kind of move the plane a little bit and there's like a bracket that holds the coolant and and the line had been just between it and it was so clear that you couldn't see that the top (laughs) and the bottom like weren't different colors so it wasn't until i shook the plane i saw it sloshing around and appear over the like bracket that was completely hiding where it was actually filled to yeah it's like all right sweet all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like you used to the car at least there's like a different shade so you can see like the bottom is different than the top yeah it wasn't they were they were just they were both clear (laughs) uh but other than that, the rest of it actually went went really well. Um, he had a blast. It was so much fun taking him up. And, um, you know, this time I think he enjoyed getting to sit in the front and actually see everything. And this one has two of the um, Dynons. So it actually has a screen directly in front of him. That's mm-hmm. just mirrored what I see. Um, and so he got to look and like see everything that was going on, see all the instruments and everything and see the map and stuff. So that was really cool. Yeah, those uh, RV-12s with the stick, they're really light on the stick, too, aren't they? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. You don't need much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was definitely the first couple of flights I did in that thing. It was it was a, a very much learning not to over-control it, because you're used to the 172, where you kind of got to sling it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, Just it's a, a couple, little heavier. A couple fingers. That's all you need. Rolls, yeah. They're cool. I haven't, I haven't, I, I've almost flown an RV-12 a couple of times, but uh, um, I haven't. The only thing close to that I flew was the, gosh, uh, the Remos GX, which is also a yeah. stick like that and same engine and stuff, you know. But uh, is yeah. High, is that a high wing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say the low wing, I mean, this, this reminds me a lot. This plane reminds me a lot of the, um, uh, what was it? The Diamond. Oh, uh-huh. DA-20, yeah. DA-40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely, I think even a little lighter, um, because the wings are, I mean, the wings are a lot shorter The the diamond has like these giant, like glider wings almost. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is way easier to start. And, um, I don't know, just the visibility just with the bubble canopy and everything. Like, I'm like, this is so nice compared to flying the 172 where you feel like you're kind of like. Un, you know under it and like hunched in there yeah you got that whole pretty much that 180 360 degree view you know you can look completely around behind yeah. you and everything so that's that's mm-hmm. good for situational awareness when someone's saying you got traffic at like you know five o'clock or you know eight o'clock or whatever and you got to look behind you yeah yeah it's real nice so i enjoyed it and then i mean that made um you know owen got to see a lot too because you know he's a little shorter but it actually worked out really well so um, I did have to, uh, Brad, um, do a, a Lysol spray on the mic before we went up just to make sure it didn't smell weird <laughs> um, and had to make sure that he, he approved it before we went up. 
because when I pulled it out, he was like, no, that's gross. And I was like, oh, uh, let me spray this. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so he actually was able to keep the microphone in front of his face this time, which was funny. Um, Is there a backstory to this or something? <laughs> he's he just yeah, he wouldn't the whole time we were flying to Milwaukee from Osh. He mm-hmm. just kept putting it away from his face and then he pulled it over to say something and then pull it away because he thought it smelled weird. Um <laughs> That's funny. He's he's really highly sensitive to like any smell. It's it's kind of crazy, but um, I had to get like a spray on it on mine too that would like uh, be a- approved. <laughs> <laughs> we had this problem with masks a lot, you know, when wearing them all the time in the pandemic too. Because he actually uh, we washed it a couple times in Nora's clothes mm-hmm. with a draft or whatever, and you know, draft has like a different smell to it, and he hated that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's like all right, good to know, yeah. But that's why I do some do some pre-flighting on the ground for stuff like that now. <laughs> Heck yeah! Tell us, uh, tell us how uh, some of the performance uh, of the uh, RV12. What are you looking at for uh, takeoff, rotation, climb out, uh, cruise, all that stuff? Yeah, it's surprisingly similar to the 172, which is nice. Um, so rotates usually around 55, and um, this one's just kind of like pull back just a bit and then just wait for it to take off because it'll do it itself. Um, cause I think the, I want to say the 172 is around 55 too. Um, I mean, cruise, you're probably doing like 90, hundred knots, depending on how much you really want to push it, but like, it's not going to go that fast, but you know, it's not too bad. Um, the coming in and landing ones, those are the ones that have been getting me because they're, they are less and it's like, um, I want to say the flap extension is like 80. So it's down from like the 110 I'm used to in the 172. Wow. That's um, that's low. Yeah. I mean, there's only two notches though, and that's it, you know, and they're, um, you've got to really slow that plane down before you can put the flaps out. Well, well, you're only doing about 15, 15 knots faster than that at cruise anyways. Exactly. So by the time you're watching the pattern, you're already around 90 anyway. So it's really not that much, you know, the getting to that speed is, is pretty similar to the 172, right? Where you're just like a beam, the numbers, you just pull the power back. It takes like a couple seconds to get under that range. And then you're putting the, the notch in and then it's like 70 on the next. And then when I did my checkout, he said 65 coming in over the numbers. And I'm convinced at this point that that is way too high. Um, because it won't even think about landing until, I mean, you're down into the 55 fifties, you know, like you got to bleed off a lot of speed and it doesn't want to bleed off speed. The big difference between that, that, uh, low wing and high wing is you got that cushion of air, Mm -hmm. a a lot more, you know, and, and versus, you know, the high wing where, you know, you don't have quite as much, uh, that's what I noticed when I transitioned from the archer to the 172 was, the archer would float and float and float, whereas the 172 would would drop out a lot faster. Yeah, and I'm used to the drop out faster, and so this one's definitely, you know, and and especially being in a uh, much smaller runway because I'm used to, you know, I did a lot of my flying at a Martin State, which is what like six thousand feet. Um, I didn't have a problem floating a little bit, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this one's like twenty three, twenty five. I don't know, somewhere in like the maybe it's more than that. Um, it's i think it's less than three so you know it's not terribly long um considering and so 
if it wants to float a lot. So it's kind of a um, tricky to get down, especially when you have a little excess speed because it's just it doesn't want to bleed it off because it's so light. Um, it's just such a light airplane. That's the biggest thing for me. And that's why the the wind, I'm very susceptible to the wind right now because I'm just not used to being able to control something that light with the little amounts of input you need from the stick. It's just like, you know, you can get, you can get it too far too quick. Um, and especially when you land, it's still so light on the, on the wheels that it wants to just move all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so transitioning to hit, getting to the brakes and getting your feet down and all that kind of stuff too, with the castering nose wheel, it's like, y- you gotta, you gotta be on it. Um, it's, I think it's a lot more, you gotta have a lot more rudder control on the ground. And I'm just not coming from the 172. You can get away with a lot in that plane. <laughs> um, I don't think you can as much here. So it's definitely a learning experience there. So, yeah. So you're also now dealing with, uh, um, differential braking more, mm-hmm. uh, than a 172, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I hardly ever use the differential braking, you know, in the 172. I mean, you had to, and the diamond was castering too. So at least I had that experience, but, um, this one really wants to move all over the place on the ground. So I'll get there. It's, you know, practice like everything, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of the name of the the second flight I did. Cause after I took Owen up, I was like, all right, well, let's, um, let's try this again. And so I wanted to take him. When was it? Um, sometime in October, I tried to take him. It was like a Thursday or something. And man, the wind was like gusting 20 all day. Uh, and just wasn't calming down. And I was like, there's no way I can't do this. And especially not taking him up. Like I'm not going to make him sick up there. Um, so I canceled that flight, but I'm looking and I'm looking at the weather and I see it as soon as it gets dark, the, the wind was just going to, was just going away to like nothing. It was like calm at like eight o'clock at night. It's <laughs> like, go figure, you know, I can't fly this thing at night. Um, but I was looking, nobody had it the next day. And, uh, I was like, man, maybe I can just go grab the plane in the morning and then I'll, you know, just go, uh, go flying before work and, and just do my morning meeting from the airport right before I drive home. (laughs) Sounds like fun. And, uh, yeah. So I ended up doing that. Um, this one was, yeah, about, I think a month ago from when we're recording this. Um, so October 21st. And so I did 1.2 hours just solo in the morning, which was really nice. Um, and decided, cause I was going to take him to the Eastern, like, I mean, we're starting at the Eastern shore, but I was gonna take him to the ocean and come back was kind of my plan for it. Um, I wasn't going to do that because Biden was moving from Dover or he'd been in Philadelphia the night before. And so there was a moving TFR. Essentially there's two TFRs where he was going to be moving through Dover, going to Rehoboth for the weekend. Cause he's got a house in Rehoboth. So. Um, basically there was giant TFRs all over the Eastern shore that weren't quite active yet, but they were going to be. And I was just like, I'm not playing with this <laughs> today. I'm not going that way. Um, so I just actually, I went back to Martin state where I did all my training and I was like, you know what, let me go back to an airport that I know really well and just get the practice on doing, you know, uh, class Delta again. And at the same time, see how this lands at an airport that I know how the 172 lands better. So it's not like I can take the variable of the landing of the new airport out and just focus on like the plane um, just to get a better feel for it. 
Um, so I went there and did two landings and then uh, left and came home and put it away. Just had like 1.2 in the morning before work, which was pretty nice. Um, got stuck filling it up because there was a, uh, somebody in the row was starting up. So I had to wait for a little bit. And then I ended up having to do my morning meeting while I was pushing the plane back in, which was kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> You're like, ah! yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I put my Slack status. I'm flying, right? There you go. And uh, I was a couple minutes late because, of course, my Zoom wasn't logged in for some reason. It's finally get in. They're like, were you actually flying? And I was like, yeah. I just like pointed the video over. I'm like, here's the plane. I'm pushing it back in now. <laughs> nice. It was, uh, That's it was fun. fun. But it was, yeah, it was great to get that ex- that experience at the old airport and um, just, you know, get used to, to flying in that environment again. Um, you know, my landings weren't great there, but it wasn't terrible. And, um, that was the first time I'd actually done touch and goes too, because I'm not allowed to do those at Bay Bridge because it's too short and they have the, um, bunch of noise abatement rules. They don't want you to do it. So, man, imagine how many touch and goes you can get in and in, in like 30 minutes and a, a runway that's only 3000 feet. <laughs> yeah. Shit, some short patterns. Uh, well, with the noise abatement, you got to go like two miles away from the runway <laughs> on downwind. It's like crazy. And that's the other thing that messes me up is because the downwind on, um, I think it's two nine, you have to go so far South to avoid this giant, like, you know, housing development. Cause you know, they complain that like, you're like, everything's just messed up. Cause like the sizing is all wrong. Then the runway's shorter. And like, you're not on a normal pattern at all. <laughs> Like this is just too much. Why she burn like uh, five or six gallons an hour at at ninety to one hundred nine, yeah, hundred knots, something like that. Probably, I think it's like yeah, like four or five. I think it, most of the time, though, with how I've been flying it, like it's it's taken like three or four gallons, <laughs> and it's the uh, ninety six. The um, oh, what is that? The U U A Swift, the Swift ninety six, I think. Hmm. They got that on the field there, huh? That's cool. Yeah. Well, because it's a, um, I fly with Chesapeake Sport Pilot. So, like, most of their airplanes are sport. So, they're all Rotax. Yeah. Um, and they don't like the 100 low lead. Like, you got to put in an additive if you're only doing 100 low lead. Hmm. So, um, like, if you mix it in every once in a while, it's fine. But if you're, like, only running it, you got to do something to get rid of the lead deposits. And uh, so, they just put their own tank in and have uh, the Swift 90. 94 or 96 or whatever it is on the field on the field and then there's another like you know you can buy gas from the field you know regular pump that's serving 100 low lead that i think all the 172s get and everything but yeah so it's not too bad cool okay what's what you know what the price difference is between the 100 low lead and the swift fuel uh no because i don't ever get to see the price because it's only the um swift is only for the school yeah, they got their. They don't sell it, so I don't think it oh, shows okay. up even on the new. Yeah, I can look and see if it is on there, but I don't think it's. Um, I think they only offer hundred low lead. Yeah, they only offer hundred low lead, so I can't look that mm. up. So even even if you had even if you owned your own light sport with the Rotax or whatever, you'd have to put in hundred low lead because that fuel's only for that school, then, huh? <sighs> I think so. Yeah. Gotcha. Unless I, you know, had some like back backhand deal with the <laughs> school, you know, right? or something, right? <laughs> there you go. But yeah, 
So anyway, I got those two in. Um, tried to fly election day, but again, the wind really didn't work out. Um, and that worked out anyway because Owen ended up being sick. And then since then, it has just destroyed our entire house. So I haven't even thought about going back up. <laughs> I think we're finally through it. Um, it didn't hit me too hard, but it hit the kids pretty hard. So Nora's finally, I think, getting back to normal. Owen has like a really lagging cough, which is kind of annoying, but he's he's pretty much back to normal. So I think after the holiday, I'm going to try to get just just weather watch, I think, is my plan now because the planes are generally available, especially on weekdays. So if I just find a day with good weather, just snag it. There you go. Is That's it... Uh, um. Are, are these hangered or are they out in the open? Uh, the one I've been flying, which is the um, 308 Victor Alpha is hangered. The um, what's the other one? Two, 270 Victor Alpha is not. Uh. Um, that one's like literally right outside the door for the school. I think 270 Victor Alpha is the one that like most people fly anyway, because it's the one that's like right out front. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I just- I I was just wondering about like like we were talking about earlier with the preheating and stuff. If it if it's sitting outside and you know go fly in the morning and it's thirty five degrees out or whatever, like what's the what's the procedure there? Yeah, I don't know if they hanger like they might hanger um, two seven zero during the winter somewhat because what I noticed is the last time I flew and I threw three eight Victor Alpha, it actually was in a different hangar, mm. and it was in a different hangar because it was plugged in. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, that probably answers that. Yeah, but I don't, I think the other plane was still out there, but I'm, not, I'm actually not sure. So, I haven't, <clears throat> haven't gotten to do too much of that yet, but I know they at least have the plugs for, um, um, for the one I've been flying. So, that was nice, not having to do the whole like propane heater thing and <laughs> oh yeah, have them come by and do all that. I, I That was always annoying. Just plug it in. Mm-hmm. So much easier. Anyway, that's my flying. I've been doing it. I kept it up. There you go. <laughs> I'm up to, uh, I'm almost, let's say 128.2 is my total time now. So, yeah, it's 130 finally. Nice. Well, hopefully you'll knock out, knock out a few more before the end of the year and just keep it cycling, man. Yeah, I think I can get one or two more. And then uh, we'll see what happens next year. Weather permitting. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard next couple months, but yeah, it's this time of year windy, windy a lot. Uh, you know, was, you know, obviously you got the cold and whatever, but yeah, it tends to be. I think um, when it's cold and clear, it generally is windy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and it's been that way lately. I mean, we'll still get some nice days, so it's kind of we'll see how it goes. Well, Thankfully, we're not dealing with those. like you know, fifteen degrees. <laughs> Heck yeah. How, how, the, the, hopefully the heater works well in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I had it on a little bit, but then it actually warmed up pretty quickly and I had the vents open. <laughs> there you go. Well, with that bubble canopy, right? You know, if you got good sunshine, it'll probably keep yeah. it warm, even if it's mm-hmm. cold out, you know? So yeah, no, it can get, shit. it can get a little hot in there. That's the reason why you see a lot of those with that shade that pulls across the top of it, you know, yep. usually start cooking. Yeah. That thing is, that, that's, that is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the vents are nice too. The whole, only problem is the vents are just where it's like kind of hard to reach it. 
Um, and you definitely can't reach the one on the other side. So if you don't set that one correctly, when you take off, like you're kind of host, <laughs> um, do that beforehand, huh? Yeah. But I mean, it's a tiny little vent, but man, you open that up, you get some pretty good, you get some pretty good air in there. So heck yeah, it's nice. I'm enjoying it. Excellent. Well, Brad, you've been, uh, you, you've got a few flights in since last time we talked, haven't you? Yeah, just a couple. I, uh, we, we took a, a day and just flew down to Madison um, just to get out of Dodge for a little bit. Um, it's, uh, it's about an hour 40, um, each way and, uh, you know, nice trip and, and just, it was a beautiful day and, and it was nice to, like I said, put, put a few miles between us and, and, uh, and home. Um, and then at the end of October, I flew, down to Chicago for a conference and the conference was right outside of O'Hare. And so I ultimately decided to, uh, I, I originally wasn't going to go to O'Hare because I was going to overnight and the overnight fee at O'Hare is, is pretty high, uh, for, <laughs> I can for <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, uh, so I, I was planning to go to Chicago executive, but we couldn't, um, because our, our hosts came down with, uh, with COVID. Uh, and so, uh, I just, I ended up instead of overnighting, I just flew down for the day, uh, and flew into O'Hare, which was a great experience. It's the first time I've been in, into O'Hare, um, definitely had to bring the A game. Um, but the, I flew in VFR, the controllers were awesome. Um, they were on a Western flow, meaning the, they were landing to the West, uh, on the two, seven slash two, eight runways. Uh, there are six, uh, six of them, but they only use like three at a time, um, because they're so close. Um, I'm not sure why they have six, but they have six. Uh, anyway, um, so they sent me out a little ways over the lake, maybe a mile or so, um, and then put me behind a 7.3 and ahead of an RJ. And the controllers were awesome. They kept the 7.3 a little low on approach. I was at 4,000. They put the 7.3 at 3,000 so that we didn't have to worry about wake turbulence issues. Um, and they wanted me to keep my speed up, so I basically was... Uh, wide open throttle or near wide open throttle, uh, 24 inches of manifold pressure all the way down, um, until I was basically over the fence. Um, and then because of the way that the runway was set up, there's only one way on at the East end and one way off at the West end. There's no, uh, taxiway exits, um, in between. And, because there was a seven three that had just landed, I wanted to land long anyway, and they wanted me to land long. So I just came in at, um, well, I was doing 140 knots in cruise, which is all that you can do in a, in a Piper Dakota. Um, and then on the descent, I just kept the throttle open and pushed the nose over. And so I was doing 160 knots in the descent, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, just into the yellow, uh, into the yellow arc, and then um, I needed to slow down, obviously. So as I as I got close to the fence, I just pulled the power back, leveled off, let the speed um, uh, fall off. And then as soon as I hit the white arc, I put in 
all three notches of flaps. I had about a 20 knot direct crosswind uh, to contend with, but it, it was fine. And I touched down in the last 3000 feet of runway and got off and uh, had a, they really don't. So normally you exit the tack, you exit the runway onto some taxiway and you, you stop and you clean up the airplane and you call ground. And so I stopped and I cleaned up the airplane and I call ground. And the first thing the guy says is basically like, keep moving. There's an, a regional jet coming in behind you that needs that space. Uh, <laughs> they're like, they okay. really, they don't want you to stop at all. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Um, and, uh, uh, it, and, uh, you need to talk to Signature, the FBO, on the radio. And nobody knew what Signature's frequency was. And I was kind of busy uh, just navigating the taxiways. So they, uh, I got over there and there's a big sign with the frequency on it out, outside. So I called them up and they're <laughs> like, yeah, just go over there and park. You know, you're a couple hundred yards away and it's just biz jets, like 10 or 15 biz jets and me. Um, this, this little Piper Dakota. Um, but anyway, it was great. We, uh, it was easy to get a lift, uh, over to my, the hotel where the conference was being held. Uh, spent the day there. Um, when it was time to go, by the time I was in the plane, it was night and I decided to depart IFR, which wasn't my best call in hindsight. I should, it was VMC. I should have just departed VFR. But I departed IFR and uh, they gave me, uh, you know, you call clearance delivery and they issue you your clearance. And of course, ForeFlight has already had already sent it to me. Um, but my initial clearance, let's see if I can find it. Um which, which they read to me, you know, cleared to Mike India Charlie as filed or, or no cleared to Mike India Charlie via the O'Hare seven departure, Papa, Mike, Papa, Kilo, November, November, Echo, Alpha, Tango, Oscar, Delta, Lima, Lima, Alpha, November, uh, Romeo, Oscar, November, India, Charlie, uh, Bravo, Alpha, Echo, Whiskey, Alpha, Golf, November, Romeo, then direct. Okay. I'm like, um, I just parked the plane, call the Uber <laughs> and, and the heck with that. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't, it was, I don't know what that's all about. It was wow. so, and, and, and I didn't know where it was. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know any of these things. So it took me a little while to get that figured out. Um, and eventually I was able to read back the entire clearance in enough pieces that clearance delivery was satisfied. Um, and <laughs> That route actually has you depart to the west out of O'Hare, you cross a waypoint, and then you turn and you fly back to Lake Michigan and fly up the coast to Milwaukee, and then you turn and you fly the direct to Minneapolis, and it, which made absolutely no sense, but it's what the computer spat out. Um, <laughs> it, it was not what I originally filed. And... <laughs> So, okay, I, I, I'm like, all right, so now I call ground and I, and I get my ground clearance and I call ground and they're like, call, um, it was some other thing that I'd never even heard of. It was departure control. No. So departure, uh, departure is after you take off. Um, but 
yeah, I call ground and there's some other that they want you to call. And they gave me a taxi instructions to get to where they could physically see me. And then they said, monitor ground. And I'm like, what? So I flip over to ground and ground's calling me. And they're mm. like, hey, uh, 2904 Romeo, you up? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. And they give me taxi instructions. you know. And I've got to cross four runways to get to where I'm going and go past the concourse. And along the way, they give me a new departure. Um, and my new departure clearance was Sierra, India, Mike, Mike, November. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm like, well, I'm so sure glad I dialed all of that first one into the, into the <laughs> Garmin 430. Uh, right. That only took 25 minutes and, and 50 bucks in fuel to do that, you know, while I'm yeah. idling. Holy I was crap. super happy about that. Um, so he gives me the, my new clearance, which is a single waypoint. Uh, and, wow. and then he taxis, you know, gives base super nice. It was, it was great. Um, the taxiways are all illuminated. I'm stuffed in between seven, three sevens and, and seven, five sevens and seven, eight sevens. And like all of this hardware, there's luggage trains going around and buses <laughs> and, you know, like just, it's like out of a Richard Scarry children's book about going to the airport. Like everything's going on <laughs> everywhere, but eventually they got me out. Um, let me, they, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. The, the, the taxi piece would scare the hell out of me. Um, and, and I, like, like we were talking about earlier, I'm not real comfortable with, with for flight yet, but I, but I know it'll pull up, you know, a taxi diagram for you, you know, ground diagram of, of the airport. And of course, Chicago Harris just looks like a spider web, of course. So if they, if they're reading off to you, you know, uh, alpha four alpha, you know, left on Mike and then, then down to golf and blah, blah, blah. And they're having you go across four runways and yada, yada. Can you put that in to where it'll show you like a breadcrumb of where to go? You can, um, you can enter in, if you've got a taxi diagram up in four flight, there's a taxi route button and you can type in, the route with hold shorts and, and all of that stuff. And it'll, okay. it'll help you find it. The best thing that to would do scare is, the hell out of me. Yeah. The best thing to do is to, before you call ground is to figure out where you're going and what your route's going to be uh, likely to be. And I had done that thinking that I was going to depart by the nearby short runway. That's all the way on the North side of the airport, which is where I landed and is closest no. to signature. <laughs> Yeah, but no, instead of going to 27 right, they have me go to 28 right. Now, all of the runways are parallel, but they've got 27 right, 27 center, 27 left, and then the next mm -hmm. three runways, since they've run out of letters, is 28 right, 28 center, 28 left. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up taxiing. It was relatively straightforward. It was tango, tango, cross 27 center, cross 27 left, then right on alpha to alpha 15 uh right on alpha 15 right on november to november 5 to 28 right and i managed all that um you know it but it was a long drive like it it's about a i would say a mile and a half yeah. of taxi like, can we get the fuel truck when, we, when you meet me over there <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. And it's about a mile and a half and you're waiting in line. Like there's airliners coming and going. Um, so they had me hold short in a few spots along the way. And in a few other spots, I was just waiting behind a enormous jet, um, you know, quite a ways back. Um, but, uh, you know, once, once I got to the runway, it was, you know, normal. You, you go to tower, they give you a takeoff clearance. You, they send you to departure as fast as they can. Departure gets you on your way. And then, uh, it's just like any other flying experience. Um, the controllers were fantastic. Like I said, they, they took really good care of me. They were super patient with me trying to read back that alphabet soup clearance. (laughs) Uh, and I really, they can't get data link, uh, in the cockpit fast enough. (laughs) I, I don't envy the guys who have to, the pilots who have to, that fly in, you know, private planes in and out of there all the time, having to, to pick up all those nasty clearances, but, but it was fine. Um, I should have departed VFR. It would have been a million times easier. It would have been a taxi instructions and, you know, a heading and an altitude um, mm-hmm. would have been super easy to deal with. But uh, for whatever reason, I decided to, to depart IFR. So they give me a, a a departure, a SID, a standard instrument departure, which I have never flown and haven't even thought oh. about in 10 years since I got my instrument rating um, <laughs> because they don't use them up in Minneapolis for little planes. The instrument departures all go up to 24, 28,000 feet. Um, and so they don't use them. And so I don't fly them. And so I was like, where in four flight do I even find this stupid thing? Um, eventually I did get it figured out and, uh, I was able to pull up the SID and I, you know, it was simple, but, uh, it, it was, it was just new. Shoot. You had enough time for, uh, uh, did you have Michelle with you or anybody? No, it was just me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, shoot, you had enough time to watch a YouTube video on how to do it by the time you taxied over to where you're leaving from. <laughs> yeah, no, I was busy the whole flipping time. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, the the plane that I was in, it actually doesn't have a 430. It's got a five. Is it the, not a 530? It's got the 650 in it. The, the oh, 650 GTN navigator, 650. the GTN 650. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, which has Bluetooth and I could not, get it to talk to my iPad and it, this plane doesn't have the, the links transponder with Wi-Fi in it. So I couldn't get the little blue dot on my iPad showing me where I was on the taxi diagram. Oh, but I could on my phone. So I'm juggling between trying to set up the phone, try trying to set up the iPad and trying to set up the avionics in the panel, the 650 with all of this stuff in it. And I was busy, like, you know, meanwhile, (laughs) trying not to accidentally cross a runway, you know, get it, do a runway incursion or lose my spot in line or, you know, somehow otherwise screw up, uh, trying to get, you don't want a phone number. I don't want a phone phone number. number. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, the Wi-Fi with the send a panel thing is like the greatest invention. (laughs) Yeah. And a couple of our planes have it, um, but it wasn't working in this one. And we own, I actually own one of those uh, sentry devices from four flight that has a, uh, an ADSB in and 
yeah. uh, a GPS receiver and, uh, you know, weather and all that Same stuff. Ahars and Ahars and everything. Yeah. But I didn't have it in the plane. Uh, so super mm-hmm. useful. <laughs> anyway, the, yeah, the rest of the flight was super great. It was very quiet. It was dark. You know, it was night. I was flying over the middle of nowhere, uh, Illinois and Wisconsin. Um, I, the nervous, it was a little bit nervous because the, my route happened to take me right up over the Mississippi. And in October, there are more ducks in this state than there are humans. Um, and of course they all fly over the river. Um, and so I was a little bit concerned that that was going to become an issue, but it, but it was no problem. Uh, didn't hit anything. Um, then the only other flight I tried to make, uh, we had one last day of warm IFR weather and I went out to go flying and I was late getting to the airport. And so I was, uh, I wasn't going to have enough time to, to do, to achieve my instrument flying goals with the airplane that I had checked out. So I checked out another plane, the Saratoga, and I went and filled it with fuel because it didn't have enough gas. And I taxied it over to the run-up area and I'm doing the run-up and I do the, you know, power it up to 2000 RPM and I do the mag check and it's just running like garbage. And I look at the EGT and one of the spark plugs is not firing on one of the cylinders. Um, And I tried to, you know, lean it out, power it up and, and tried to clean that, clear that spark plug out and I could not get it. Um, So I had to just taxi it back to the to the hangar and um uh and put it back in the barn and and that was it. There's we won't have good IFR flyable IFR weather again until April. Oh. No icing for you. <laughs> no, we have no de-ice equipment on any of the airplanes and I've had enough fun with icing. I don't mm-hmm. want any more. Well, that's a bummer. So, really, just just generally, nobody just fly, or is you just? Uh, I mean, even on not nice IFR. Days? Yeah, no, VFR is fine. Um, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Not IFR. not IMC. Yeah, um, I get you. Yeah, you don't want to do that now. Okay, right. I just can't go into IMC uh, up up here now. We are thinking about going down south for the holidays um, in a few weeks, and. So I do want to get instrument current. I'll just have to do it on a clear day uh, under the hood instead of in actual, which is my preference. But I'll take a CFI and do three approaches and a hold um, and call it an IPC instead of going up on my own and doing six approaches and a hold. And (laughs) uh, so, you know, it's fine. Heck yeah. But that's it for me. That's uh, I've only flown really only took those two flights so far. Um, yeah, like I said, we're planning, planning to head South might make it down to new Orleans or, or other warm places, warmer places, um, for a little getaway. That sounds good. Where, where did you say I, you cut out a little bit for me? Did you say where are you going South? Um, uh, probably swing by hot springs in Arkansas to visit my folks and then on down to new Orleans and, we haven't decided where from there it'll probably just be wherever the weather is good. So we could go west to Texas. We could go east. We could go up to Memphis. We could, we got choices. All right. Well, that sounds pretty south. Yeah. Definitely some warmer weather, probably. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, warmer temperatures, minus minus weather, hopefully. <laughs> no, nothing significant. Right, we're out of hurricane season, so I'm good. It's probably just no. clouds. <laughs> we can deal with clouds. Yeah. Well, uh, cool, man. Sounds good. Uh, in other news, uh, I got a plane. and uh, Oh! Yeah, I don't know if you heard. So, uh, <laughs> so I hear you're broke, right? Yeah. Something like that. It's the yeah. first happiest day. <laughs> right. Exactly. The yeah, second happiest it, day, I guess. Just, just like the, uh, stars all aligned. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of worked out. It's, it was me and the, me and this other guy have, have been like working together to find an airplane, um, to kind of start a partnership for, I don't know, months now. Um, another local pilot here in, in the Phoenix area. And uh, we met up, had a, had a few beverages, and we're like, yeah, let's try this. So we've been sending each other airplanes back and forth. And we've uh, even reached out to some airplane owners. We're like, yeah, we like this one. This one looks like it might work. Let's you know get the log books from them, yada, yada, yada. Tried a few different things. And one of them we were real serious in. It was a real nice uh, Comanche 260. Um, GTN 750 in it, um, some nice stuff, right? Uh, and uh, you know, reached out to the guy and we're like, hey, can we get a get a copy of the log books? Um, uh, and uh, so he's like, yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like, do you think you can just like take them over to Kinko's, have them copy them all, turn them into a PDF for us or whatever? And he's like, oh no, 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 I don't. That's how you know. That's how people get their airplanes stolen from them and stuff. I'm like, what? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're talking about. You know, it's. I think he's like one of the guys that if he sells his car on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, he has his thumb in front of his license plate because I don't know what that does. You know, how I'm going to do anything with that information. But, anyways, uh, so he's like, I'll, I'll take a video of it uh, with my phone and I'll just turn the pages real slowly. <laughs> So we got like a whole bunch of videos of him turning the pages of log of a logbook, um, and then of course, it's the video is landscape, but but the but it's portrait the other way. So it it's like you have to turn your head sideways and look at it going up and down your screen instead of left and right. So, uh, and then he only had one, one log book that like, he didn't, like he was missing like a decade's worth. And then he finally found that one. And in the meantime, we just like felt things were a little bit fishy or whatnot. And I couldn't read half of what was on that log book based on trying to pause a video and stuff like that. So just kind of gave up on that one. Found a couple others and reached out to those people a little bit. And it's really interesting how people have airplanes for sale, but then don't really have any interest in selling them. <laughs> it's the they're just appeasing their spouse <laughs> yeah honey no one really wants this thing i don't know what the deal is we have to keep it <laughs> yeah i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying to, i'm doing my part we said sell it it's up for sale anywho uh so um i'm on a i'm on a facebook uh facebook group called um aircraft partnerships um and uh just you know and this is a nationwide group, and just so happens, uh, this uh, this uh, 1978 uh, Piper Turbo Aero 3 shows up. Uh, 
looking for a partnership, looking to sell a partnership uh, at Deer Valley Airport. And I'm like, there's no way. And I look at the plane. It just it looks it looks nice. Um, and this guy, I, I, I saw that I saw his ad maybe less than an hour after he put it up. And I reached out to him. This was on a Tuesday. I reached out to him. And said, hey, I'd really like to come look at this plane as soon as I possibly can, uh, as soon as you're available. And he said, how? And, and so we, we, I said, how about Friday? And so I met up, met up with him on Friday, took a look at it. Plane looks good. Uh, we talked a little bit about the partnership. And what it was is he was selling his portion of the partnership. It's a four-person, four-person partnership, and he was selling his 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 25 percent. Um, because uh, you know he's he said he's only flown it like five hours in the last six months or something, so he's just not really getting getting to put much time into it. And he was the original guy who started the partnership um, in this plane. I don't know years ago. I don't know how many years ago. If it's like six, eight, ten years ago, something like that. So he's been a part of it since the beginning. Created the LLC and and uh, just kind of was the paperwork guy behind it all um, to really. Uh, um, simplify things, I guess. So he, he just wasn't flying it very much. So he, he was offering up his, uh, 25% for sale. And, uh, and, uh, it was offered for, uh, $27,500, uh, which I felt was real reasonable considering the market for aircraft right now. Um, that puts the, that puts the value of the aircraft at 110. Um, I reached out and got a VREF on it. And a VREF's actually between 140 and 150. So I was really feeling good about that. So um, so I uh, I came home and I, I, I told my wife about it and everything and, and then basically reached back out to him on Saturday and said, yeah, I'm in. Um, and he was having a an owner's meeting, an owner's breakfast with the rest of the guys on Sunday. And, uh, and, uh, I was after that, then I was going to meet all the other owners and pilots, uh, back over at the hangar after they got done with breakfast. And so Sunday I met everybody over there and introduced myself and told them my little life story and got to, got to know a few of them. Uh, one of them, oh, this though. So this is funny. So I get to the airport to meet them all. Uh, and, and he's walking out to open up the gate to let me in. And as we're walking back to the hangar, he goes, you didn't tell me you had a podcast. And I just kind of laugh and I go, well, I didn't think you knew. <laughs> he goes, well, one of the other guys that's one of the owners uh, listens, apparently. I was like, really? Oh, okay. He's our other Get listener. Get out of here. That's what I, that's what, so that's wow. what I said to him. I go, so you're the guy. Okay. So anyways, yeah. So shout out to Clay. Uh, one of my partners uh, is one of our listeners. So, um, yeah. So Clay, by the way, is uh, CFII, and he has his A and P. So I don't know. I haven't found the down downfall in this uh, partnership yet. Um, the price was right, and the plane's already at a hangar at Deer Valley Airport. Which, if I put my name on the list today, I'd be able to get a hangar in about two and a half years. That's the wait list for a small hangar. Five and a half Ouch. to six years for a large hanger. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, so yeah, we've got 
a CFII with an ANP. Now, Clay's not doing like all the maintenance on it, and he doesn't have AI. He doesn't have inspection authorization. Um, but just having the ANP alone just really helps out to get a lot of the other stuff done uh, that you don't need AI for, obviously, and to break down the plane when it is time to get the inspection done, the other stuff that he can do to help out, which he's done in the past, I guess. So that's great. Um, and uh, what else? So uh, so the deal is, is that, uh, uh, well, let me tell you a little bit more about the plane. Um, like I said, it's a 1978 Piper Turbo Aero 3. Uh, so it's got a TSIO 360 in it. Uh, same plane that's in uh, the Mooney, the Turbo Mooney, Franz's Mooney. Same same en engine as that. The only difference is it's got a Merlin wastegate on it. Um, it's got a Garmin 530 and 430 in it. It does have that Sentry AS, uh, ADSB that you were talking about. I got one of those in there. It's got a CO2 detector built into it too, which is kind of nice. Um, yes. It, yeah. C CO. CO. Yeah. Not C. I said CO2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. CO. Um, what else? Uh, he's got a couple of G5s in it. They replaced not long ago. And, uh, and the best thing about it is it's got the Garmin, uh, GFC 500 autopilot, which is, I've only played around with it for a, a little bit and wow, how cool is that going to be on some cross country? Nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, we were out, uh, doing just some, just some familiarization flights and stuff. And I was like, well, let's see how this thing kind of works. So I'm facing away from Deer Valley, but we're going to head back to Deer Valley. So I put Deer Valley in the 530, uh, flip it over to nav mode, put in uh, the traffic pattern altitude, 2,500 feet for Deer Valley. And I'm at like 5,000 feet at the moment. So I tell it to give me a 500 foot descent, hit go. And this thing just U-turns it and starts heading down. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice. <laughs> never, never had that experience before. Does it so much better than I do it. <laughs> and, and, and the plane has a, it's a three axis autopilot. So it actually has the yaw dampener on it too. Oh, nice. I'm not so sure how effective or helpful that would be in the long run. Cause you know, it's a smaller plane, you know, I can see yaw dampener being a, a big deal on, you know, on larger planes that, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. But uh, it's pretty cool, and none to say, and to say the least, really cool. Um, that that GFC 500 is pretty cool. They just did a uh, also in June. They just put on a new three blade Macaulay prop on it. Took the two blade off and put a three blade on. So it it climbs like a homesick angel. Um, and man, I, I got to tell you, so. Uh, up until now, I, I haven't had my complex endorsement, right? Or a high performance endorsement. I don't need a high performance, obviously. This is 200 horsepower. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's a little bit of drinking from a fire hose at this point, you know, especially the first couple of flights. Because uh, anything past 41 inches of manifold pressure, the overboost light comes on. You got to make sure and bring that back. Mm -hmm. I think by the book, you know, you can be on overboost for up to like two minutes or something and not really hurt the engine. But you obviously want to be cognizant of it and and uh, bring that bring that manifold pressure back as soon as you can. So you're not on overboost for too long. So anyways, you're just kind of I'm, I'm creeping that throttle up, creeping that throttle up while trying to keep center of the runway and making sure I'm not overboosting. And because <laughs> I don't know where to stop because, you know, it's not a rental plane. You can't just put it to the firewall and say go. Um 
you, I, in fact, you can't get anywhere near the firewall. Um, uh, you, I don't know how many down low. Of pressure. Yeah. This thing, this thing, this thing, you can, it's like, you just feel this push from behind that I've never really felt before when this, when, the, when the boost is really kicking in when you're going down the runway. Yeah. Planes so, that can accelerate. Yeah. How about that? Right. Go figure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're boogieing on down the runway, uh, rotates right about 70 knots, um, gear up, and then you're climbing at 100 knots uh, at about uh, about 1,000 foot a minute. It's it just boogieing on up there, and uh, you pull the prop back a little bit to about you know 2,400 RPM, um, and uh, and you know I never really even got it above 5,000 feet while we've been training so far i've did three training flights with them each an hour and a half long 1.5 according to according to four flight each time um but uh you know i typically the way the guys fly it once they're up at cruise which is typically anywhere from 10 to 13 and a half thousand feet you know uh they do they do um 65 percent power it's got an edf edm i'm sorry yeah, EDM uh, eight thirty in it. I think it is the engine monitor. Yeah, the big LCD panel. Yeah, yeah, those are right. Um, which is which really helpful because it's got the two big gauges in the top left is manifold pressure and RPM, so you can kind of keep your eye on those. And uh, and then of course right below it, you can you can look at those cylinder temperatures to and so they know exactly. Okay, here's about what you should be at Lena Peak, 65%. You know, 65% power. You should be doing uh, like nine gallons an hour, uh, doing about 145, 150 knots true. Um, and uh, it uh, it it's you know those first few flights, I felt like I'm just like. I'm trying to remember all of these facts and figures and stuff for the next time. Kind of, like I said, drinking from a fire hose there. But uh, now that I'm like three flights in and every time we come back, I do like three or four touch and goes. um, So I can kind of get that muscle memory in there. I'm trying to figure out just by touch without even hardly having to look at the gauge where I know to put that throttle to be just under, you know, 40 inches of manifold pressure, 35 to 40 on takeoff. So I can just kind of, because you're, you're moving down the runway and you don't want to take your eyes off the runway too much while you're trying to keep it straight, but you also don't want to overboost and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's a lot of a lot of stuff going on at the same time, but um, it's heck of a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah, sounds like a blast. Yeah. So you'll yeah. pick up your complex. You need all dual until you get your endorsement, right? Yeah. Is there? Yeah. A, did insurance have any minimums for you? Uh yeah, it's going to be 10 hours. So, um, oh, okay. right, right, right now I'm at four and a half. So, uh, and I'm gone, I'm gone this week. Uh, and he's gone this week. He's got the plane. He's taking it to Texas tomorrow for, for the rest of the week. So when I get back next week, starting Monday, we'll get back after it. And hopefully by the end of the week, I'll have those knocked out and then, uh, then be signed off to solo or whatever. Um, so the rest of the agreement is uh, we pay $175 a month each, and that takes care of the hangar and the insurance, um, the annual when it comes due, uh, GPS update from Garmin, you know, that stuff, uh, instrument uh, check uh, every few years, whenever that is. So that sort of stuff. Um, and then we pay 50 bucks an hour um, 
tack time, obviously, uh, for when we fly it. And then we put 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 gas back into it uh, when we're done using it. And we've got uh, we've got a gas card that uh, we put a thousand dollars onto this gas card as we you know and use it as uh, as we need it, and then put the thousand back onto it. And that 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 comes um, uh, that comes out of our own pocket, obviously. But we do it on the gas card because we get twenty cents a gallon off at the local uh, self serve pump there if you prepay for fuel. So that kind of helps out. Nice. And then uh, one of the other things that was the beauty of it is that so that fifty bucks an hour uh, uh, dry, obviously, for the use of the plane uh, goes into the engine reserve fund, and there's currently about thirty four grand sitting in there. So we've got a good chunk of money for when it comes time to overhaul the engine or whatever we need to do to it. But luckily right now it's, it's not eating oil. Um, compressions have been good. The last, uh, the last, um, uh, checks and, uh, um, they send out for an oil analysis every time. So that's good. So it's got 1600 hours on it. I think TBO on those are 1800 hours. So we're getting up there, but, uh, you know, like Mike Bush says, if it's, uh, if all the, everything else is still good, uh, there's no reason to overhaul it necessarily unless there's something telling you that you should. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we we uh, get quite a few more uh, cycles out of it before we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm excited for you, man. That sounds like a sounds like a blast. I am pumped. One of the other guys is uh, is uh, wanting to uh, go to Osh in it. He wanted to go last year, but couldn't find anybody else that wanted to go. Guess he didn't know about know about me at the time. <laughs> he had went the year before though, uh, and flew in with the Cherokees to Osh group, and so we'll definitely be doing it for uh, 2023. So that'll be exciting. Woohoo! Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and then uh, you y- you saw well. Two other fun little facts. Uh, so I'm um, I'm sitting at home watching every YouTube video I can find on Turbo Aero threes, watching people fly them just to see how uh, they manage everything and see how they do. And uh, I come across a guy doing uh, doing a flight sim uh, video, or yeah, he's doing a flight sim video on the on the Turbo Aero three. And what do you know? It's my exact tail number and paint job. And so I'm like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, I, I had to stop the video and go look at my pictures on my phone. I'm like, sure <laughs> enough, November 6070 hotel, uh, white on top, gray on the bottom with the red stripe. What in the heck? How is this? So now I'm, now I'm searching Google for just flight, which is who you can download the, 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 the plane from and uh, put my tail number in. And sure enough, takes me to a download link where I can grab my exact uh, plane. It's basically a skin that someone painted and and uploaded to where you can download and include it into your uh livery of uh turbo aero threes so then i have to reach out to the guy and email him he's in the uk which made it even weirder i'm like okay dude so uh weird question (laughs) uh who did someone send you a picture of this plane and ask you to make a skin of it or something uh because i'm in the process of of buying this and and so we had a good laugh and he he was like he was like he replied back the next day and was like no he goes i was just searching the internet for uh turbo aero threes to make some different liveries of and i saw this one and thought it looked good so i made it (laughs) that's like well wild so wow now i've got it on the on the computer for flight sim so (laughs) now if i could just make the panel the same that'd be great 
Yeah, I was just going to ask. Yeah, and the, good. they have a five thirty and four thirty in the in the flight sim, but they don't have the um the rest of it. But close enough. Does yours have the auto gear extension still in it? Yeah, yeah, but they they disable it. They disable it. Yeah, ours they took it out. It's just a, you know where you know where the uh, the emergency gear extension thing is. Yep. At the bottom, it's literally you just like pull it out and then up, and that disables yeah. it. I guess. So. Yep. I used to turn ours off when I did short field, um, just to make sure that it didn't put the gear inadvertently put the gear back out while I was trying to depart uh, mm-hmm. from a, from a short field. But um, eventually, Piper recommended that you disable it. And so we actually completely removed it along with the extra um, pedo tube that was oh, on okay. the outside of the co- uh, outside of the cabin. Okay, yeah, it's interesting. It, it'll automatically retract and extend the gear for you, um, but uh, but you don't want to have it doing it when you're not expecting it to do it. I don't think so. <laughs> right, that's the problem when you're <laughs> when you're you know doing. Uh, turns around a moose or something and you're, you're looking at the <laughs> ground and the gear pops out and then all of a sudden you're down there with the moose. Right. Um, it's, yeah, it's bad. Bad idea. Um, yeah. Not, not a good idea to do it all. Um, we had a guy, it was funny um, before it got disabled. We had a guy in the club who he, he landed the plane and he came inside and one of the CFIs was in there and he said, Hey, Craig, I've, I, I I just landed the plane and and there was some funny stall horn going off or something and <laughs> and he and Craig immediately knew what it was and he's like well come like, come on and let's take a look at the look at the plane and they went out there and he said take a look at the gear handle which was still in the up position oh and uh, the guy turned white as a sheet but that auto gear extension had saved his bacon uh, wow. did its job right and yeah. uh, um. Now it's gone. Like if, if you forget to put the gear out, it's your landing gear up and it's, it's an expensive day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't ever want to do that unless you're ready for uh, an overhaul from what I hear. So (laughs) (laughs) did I say that? Don't put, Hey, cut that out, John. We're editing. Don't let the FA know I know that trick. Yeah. Sorry. Bad joke. So other than that, Chris, I just gumps. Gumps, gumps, yes. gumps. All the gumps. Yeah. All At least gumps. three times while you're in the pattern, I think, is the is the is the general rule of thumb is what I found. Uh, um the plane was also featured in uh AOPA in April of ninety two, uh back in its Whoa. original livery before it was painted. So that was kind of cool. So I, of course I had to go on eBay and go say, go see if I could go find this episode or this episode, this, uh, this, uh, um, um, what do you call it? This edition. Uh, sure enough, I found a guy who was selling 11 of the 12, uh, um, magazines from, from April or from 92. And I, and I said, Hey, I'll give you 10 bucks. If you just send me April, I don't care about the rest of them. <laughs> and so he shipped me out. So now I have a copy of, uh, of the magazine, um, with with the plane on the front and then there's a nice spread inside with um like four or five pages about the aircraft it it had a had a funny title called blower on a budget (laughs) and i guess it was on the cover of sporties too but i haven't seen that one yet 
Did it talk about the the Loran receiver and the <laughs> yeah. ADF? Yeah, top of the line stuff back then for sure. <laughs> Arnav. Yeah, the panel has 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 changed out quite a bit since that those days. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, the paint the the aircraft was repainted in 2007 to the way to the way it looks today. So it's in uh it's in still pretty good shape. Of course, it is in a hangar, which is nice. So it's it's it stays uh stays pretty clean that way. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, I'm just I'm just pumped. I'm excited to do some uh, some longer cross countries on it. Go visit go visit some friends, some family day trips over to who knows, you know, Vegas, California, whatever, maybe out and back to Catalina Island, even who knows. Nice. It's all on the table now. So we'll see. it is now the world's your oyster, man. There you go. <laughs> Heck yeah. So I don't know. Um, just excited about uh, getting the last few hours knocked out. Um, I'm oh I'm also uh, responsible at what the difference uh, the insurance is going to make once I get on it because I'm the low guy on the totem pole. So I will bring up the uh, average on insurance. So the other thing is that I guess the insurance renews like in July of next year. So the goal is to knock out my instrument rating before then. I was so, going to ask if you were going to get the instrument, then you can get up yeah. there into class alpha. Yeah, that's kind of the whole uh, was one of my whole reasons for even wanting to get my own plane is to get my instrument rating and my commercial in that plane. Just you know, a little bit easier to get it all scheduled. And and now I got you know I got a CF CF double I that's available to do it uh, to do it w- with me as long as he's available. Um, and uh, and he's you know obviously super familiar in the plane, so. I think it's a win-win there. So as soon as, uh, as soon as we, uh, um, I get, I get cut loose on this and after, you know, a short amount of time, I'm going to, I'm going to start on the instrument rating right away. Fun. That's the way to do it. <clears throat> I'm really happy for you. That's exciting. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, can't wait, can't wait to, uh, um, show it to you guys, uh, at Osh next year. Yeah, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, might even might even if I, if uh, if I can work it out, maybe I'll be a part of that uh, Cherokees to Osh uh, group for next year too. That'd be that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, the formation part of it and all that. Probably more fun than flying the Fisk approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be that that can be more exciting than you than you hoping it was too. Sometimes. Yeah, and it can be boring. As we yeah. discovered last year when we were 15 minutes late and <laughs> couldn't had to go sit in Monroe, Wisconsin for two hours for the waiting for the air show to end and then oh, yeah. orbit a lake a couple times and T- timing's everything when it comes to Osh isn't it, and getting in on the arrival. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes it is. Uh anything else? Yeah. I don't know. I think that was about it for me. Same. Um, yeah, gotta start planning some flights. Heck yeah, weather watching. Most definitely. Yeah, this is uh this is the time of year that's perfect flying for us. Uh, so we're we're just on the opposite ske- uh, schedules where we don't like to fly uh, uh, May June uh, or June July August typically. <laughs> so now we're now we're in the good times, good time of year to go flying for us. 
<laughs> yeah, well, with the turbocharger, you won't mind flying in June, July, August either, because you can just get high enough that it's cold. Oh, yeah. Climb and maintain 76 degrees. Do you have oxygen? They took it out, but we have uh, the portables. Okay. So they took out the big heavy bottle uh, because yeah. the amount of times you actually use it. Yeah. Bottle. Yeah, the big one. Uh, and they've got uh, those smaller ones that are, you know, about, I don't know, 20 inches tall or so. <clears throat> so we've got a couple of those in the hangar. So, yeah, they do. Uh, I, and when I go back on like uh, um, flight aware and look at past flights and stuff when they're doing longer cross country flights, a lot of times they're at like 13.5 to, you know, 15, somewhere around there, just depending on the winds and whatnot. So, yeah. It, uh, it's, you know, and, and at 65% power doing nine gallons an hour, it's got more, more legs than you have bladder typically, it sounds like. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one nice thing about that. One of the really nice things about the arrow that I miss is the, the 72 gallon tanks and the low fuel burn. Um, ours was a little less efficient, uh, and a lot slower. So, um, we we didn't get some of that some of those benefits, but it was all I always really liked being able to carry a lot of gas. Yeah, I guess we typically uh, just fill it up to the tabs, which puts it right about fifty gallons, I guess. Yeah. Um, and and then with that engine monitor, uh, after you after you fill up and you start the plane back up, you hit a button, and say, yeah, I refilled it. It's got fifty gallons in it, so that's super handy for the, those cross country flights when you're. You know, you're flying, not sure exactly what the wind's doing with you or whatever, and it's telling you exactly, you know, how much, how many, how many, you know, minutes or hours of flight you got, or distance and all that information. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and it tells you how much reserve you've got. Um, it, it, yeah, it's delightful. It just really reduces the stress level. Technology is amazing. Hmm. So much, so much, so much stuff to learn. You can, you can throw the uh, SD card in there and download all the data, and that's that stuff yeah. that you can take and throw up to Mike Bush's website or whatever, and give to them and go, "How's my engine doing?" <laughs> yeah, and they can really give you some good pointers about how you're how you're flying. Um, you know, it, compare it to other aircraft, and uh, it's it's he's got some really good info on there. Yeah, Sav- Savvy Aviation, right? Is the company right? Yep. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they've got like data, just gobs and gobs of data of like there's, you know, thousands of these engines out here and we know the parameters of so many of them. And so we can compare this to what you got and tell you a little bit, maybe maybe even like help you, you know, uh, manage it a little bit better and be more fuel efficient or be, be kinder to the engine, whatever the case may be. Exactly that. Yeah. I, I learned uh, uh, leaning on taxi with this thing's kind of important, though, uh, which I uh-huh. really haven't had to do very much in the past. <laughs> as we're as we're doing a run up and do a mag check and right mag's okay, back to both left mag and it it drops like 200 RPM. I'm like, well, that's not good. He goes, well, we didn't lean to taxi, so now you know what a uh, what a wet wet uh, fouled spark plug's like. So we run it up to like uh, uh, 2,000 RPM or something. And uh, lean it out to like best power, best power to kind of like uh, dry it out a little bit and let it sit there for 30 seconds, and uh, go back to the start of the procedure. And boom, that took care of it. So, 
Yeah, that's what I tried with the Saratoga and it wouldn't take care of it. But I'm glad it was in your case. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah, until you get G100 UL, keep leaning on taxi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a All th- that's a lead thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, lead lead uh Fallon spark plugs. Yeah. Yep, yep. All these little things. Yeah, we've been looking at a, a DA40NG. Um, oh, cool. And uh it uh it, it's diesel. Uh it's a it's a mm-hmm. Mercedes diesel engine um in it. So it burns Jet A and it it's five point one gallons an hour or if you're at 92% power, which is max cruise, um, 8.1 gallons an hour and 154 knots. Uh, and it really changes, um, like all of your procedure, like the whole gumps check. You're like gas. Well, no, there isn't any (laughs) undercarriage. Nope. That's locked mixture. Uh, nope, there isn't one prop. Nope, nope, no prop. control. Yeah. It's all FADEC. Um, Switches and seatbelts. Okay, so we're done. Fuss, fuel, and seatbelts. Kind of it. Yeah, you know, like the Cirrus. Sounds like the RV. Yeah, sounds and the Cirrus too. You know, it's like they just simplifying things, uh, taking taking some of that workload off of you, I guess, and letting the computer management, engine management systems sort it out for you. Yeah, well, in a in a a water, it's water cooled, so you don't have to worry about shock cooling. Oh, um, nice. And like, it just takes away whole categories of, you know, futtering around. You don't have to worry about over boosting the engine because it's turbo normalized. And, uh, the, again, the computer takes care of it all for you. Like all of this stuff, uh, just makes it a, an easy, easy plane to fly. Um, no, no fouling the spark plugs because there are no yeah, spark plugs. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are cool, man. Uh, the uh, the DA sixty two, the the twin with two of those on there. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite planes ever. If I ever had two million bucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think for two million, I'd buy a used jet. But <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Ah, so cool, so cool. Alrighty, yeah, look at you. You're fantasizing about airplanes. You bought an airplane. Yeah, it doesn't end, does it? No, one step at a time. <laughs> my my frequency of of uh, sitting on barnstormers for hours a day or uh, controller and all those have went down quite a bit, though. I still I still for some reason find myself there. I don't know why, but uh, I, uh, I <laughs> it has reduced by quite a bit. What are you looking for? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I have no reason to be there, but I am. So. Yeah, it'll fade. It'll fade. It's it's, yeah. it's it's muscle memory, I guess. I don't know. Anywho, we should probably uh, wrap it up. We've been going at it for about an hour and a half here or so. Fair enough. All righty. John, you want to get us out of here? Uh, yeah. Got any um, shout-outs for wrap-up? Uh, shout-out to uh, my transponder. It's back. <laughs> Via Mastodon, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's currently down. But, it, uh, yeah, yeah. By the time this comes out, <laughs> it'll probably back, be back up at least, but, uh, or maybe it'll be down again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much Yay, internet. <laughs> uh, oh, they've got no, a, but it is. They've got a fail whale. 
<laughs> yeah, they do. Well, if you don't go to squawk.mytransponder.com, it does that. <clears throat> um, but I will say it is it is kind of nice. Um, if I feel like we're back into like 2009 Twitter, like right. aviation Twitter at this point. <laughs> right. It's like a blast from the past. It's kind of yeah. nice. Thank you. Uh, shout out to my son for, you know, putting up with... Uh, putting up with me and finally going and then i mean he really enjoyed himself so he was excited in the end that's um, awesome so i'm glad i got to take him up i hope i get to take him soon that's the important part that that you know he enjoyed it and he was like wanting to take the stick and everything that's that's exciting so he wasn't saying dad get me back on the ground i don't like this you know <laughs> yeah you're, you're doing- i mean he had a moment um getting close to the airport where it was bumping a little bit, you know, there's, there's a little bit of wind there and he was just like, I didn't like that. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we talked about it and he was, you know, he was fine with it after that. Um, I don't either, I think, you know, just takes a little getting used to, you know? Yeah. You, uh, you definitely don't, don't have cheesesteaks before you go up. No, nah, it's a bad, bad choice for me. Waste of $11. Um, I know. I was actually I was very careful with that because he does get car sick pretty easily. So I was worried. I was like, "Here's the here's the bag," <laughs> and make sure we're good. But yeah, it worked out really well. So yeah, glad I got to take him up. Glad my wife let me take him up. Shout out to the wife. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess my only shout out would be to the to the controllers at uh, at O'Hare and uh, Chicago Approach. Um, thanks for for the great service you guys did uh, an amazing job with uh just fit me in and it was no big deal it was that was a great experience clearance delivery that's what i was trying to think of earlier when i said departure that's what you got to talk to before you talk to ground before you talk to ground yeah you have to call clearance delivery but there's another one and it was like oh it was ground metering that's what it was (laughs) metering so i called ground and they're like you have to call ground metering and i'm like (laughs) okay, I don't even know what that is, but he gave me the frequency. And so I called ground metering and I didn't know what to call them. So I said, Chicago ground metering, you know, 2904 Romeo, I'm over here. And they're like, go over there. Like, okay. What are you metering? The ground control, clearly. Yeah, I, it, it's hey. just who can push, I think, right? So who if, watches the watchers. If you've got all of those planes that are, you know, at a gate and they all push at the same time, they can't get out. Mm. So I'm sure that what they do is they sequence who can push back from the gate, but I'm not at a gate, but I still got to talk to metering. Yeah. I don't know. Cherokee, blah, blah, blah. You're number 26 in sequence. Line up and wait. I was number three, (laughs) actually. Number three for an intersection departure. And, uh, uh, they had, I had, I did get a lineup and wait and I had to sit there while, while they counted off the minutes for the wake turbulence to go oh. away from the jet that left ahead of me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. While <laughs> you're then, trying to keep a, a picture in your head of where his wheels were when he left. Right. Oh, I had no, I, I couldn't, it was dark. Like I oh, had yeah. <laughs> no idea. Even worse. Yeah. It well, was dark and, were... and he was doing a full length takeoff and I was doing an intersection departure. So I'm like, okay. I'm just. It was yeah. it was a big nuke and wind, so I was hoping that the wind was just enough time. The wind was going to push it off to the south, and I would be okay. And it was. There you go. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, so, uh, just a reminder: you can reach all of us at podcast and the pattern podcast dot com, and uh, 
we're on Twitter still as of now uh, at in the pattern. Are we? <laughs> I haven't taken that one down yet. Uh, you can like us at Facebook, Facebook or comment slash in the pattern podcast or, uh, you know, for all of us. I mean, hit us up at my transponder now for individual uh, show notes for this episode and other episodes can be found on our website in the pattern podcast.com. Please send us your suggestions, comments, critiques. We love to get feedback from all of our listeners. I think we're up to four now, so that's pretty good. Um, and with that, we'll wrap up episode 85 of the In the Pattern Podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening. Remember, make left traffic. You're cleared for the option. Bye-bye now. <laughs>